Does carb loading actually improve your performance as a cyclist or is it just a myth? I'm Dr. Gemma Sampson. I'm an advanced sports dietitian specializing in performance nutrition for cyclists. And today I have two guests on the podcast with me, a former client of mine, Glenn, and his mate, Dave. Dave, Gemma, Gemma, Dave. Although you have met. Yeah, I believe. Lots of good things about you. Have, I believe we've met unofficially. Just oh, yeah, haven't we? That's right. True. <laughs> Perhaps not at your best time. No, definitely not my finest moment. So, <laughs> oh dear. But, um, a for effort, though. I know exactly. Like you've got it. Like even if you haven't done a full like um, training session or race, if you haven't vomited afterwards, so definitely. Uh, would you recommend that as a good way to? Yeah, me either. Uh, I'm not a vomiter usually. Yeah, most that was that's the first that was a first for me for sure so um yeah I think just the f- first time I'm doing any sort of intensity in probably about two years so it was a bit of a shock to the system yeah absolutely. as a nutritionist and perhaps a coach would you recommend that's a good way of going about getting back into a sport uh I mean I probably would put a lot of people off so yeah <laughs> doing it or watching it yeah yeah or either like yeah <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't recommend watching it. I'm like, leave me alone, go away. <laughs> so, Gemma, we'll take your lead. What yep. is it that you want to discuss? We, I mean, we uh, it was so great to catch up with you the other day, and um, I had a great time. Great riding. Yeah, uh, it's always nice when I can catch up and meet clients in in real life, um, whether it's planned or or unplanned. And like I say, it was a great ride, a good day out on the bike, um, sort of smudging ourselves on the bike. No throwing up, not that I witnessed as well. So that was good. I think that's going to be the forever in joke. Because like, did you vomit on that one? (laughs) <laughs> yes i was hanging on for dear life because it was a plan originally i'd gone i'd planned on like a 40k easy cruisy ride they're like oh so you're going to come to the end of Wollonga with me and i was like well if you if i can get some food i'll be all right yeah i'll, I'll be all right i'll be fine i've got i've got enough if i get yeah, enough well, food i gotta say you really impressed me because we did what 30k's flat riding and then um dave just to let just to get you give you an idea of what it was like i got on the front and pushed 270 watts up and down hills. And yeah. uh, Gemma, I, I would say we were averaging 34, 35. And Gemma yeah. stayed on no problems. And then up the hills, um, I was sitting on about 320. Mm. And yeah. again, Gemma I think I was just... about 270 to like sit on the back of the wheel. So I was yeah. I was literally sitting on the wheel. I'm like, <laughs> no room. I was, I was really impressed, Gemma. So well done. Yeah. No, it was good. Uh, it was it was nice to um, get a good training camp in the legs, basically, because I sort of <laughs> I sort like of it. came in with like a pretty base, very low level of fitness, and came out with like 900 kilometers in the legs, and like I was like, all right, I feel. I mean, I'm going to avoid the climbs, but I, I'm I've still got good good legs on the flats, so I was like, yeah, maybe I should just stick to the flats and the crits and you like the height. Great, you had some great legs on the flats, no, because we were going quick, and even even the boys. Uh, Dave, it was Nick Johns and, and uh, Hugh Harvey. Now, Hugh Harvey had just beaten um, Caleb Ewan in two races at Heffron. Oh, okay, so, yeah. this Hugh Harvey is just insanely strong. Yeah. He tested that. He said he tested his FTP when he first got on the bike only 10 weeks before beating Caleb at 3.30, straight out of rowing. And then when he tested the weeks of beating Caleb Ewan, he tested at 370 watts FTP mm. after being on the genetics. bike. It's a big part of it, isn't it? Genetics, it's hard to beat. 
absolutely. Hundred percent. Well, that's it. Like, there's there's multiple multiple factors influencing performance, and that's kind of where nutrition plays a big role in like optimizing. Like, we all have our unique potential of what we're capable of, and that's going to be very different from person to person. And whether you're a sprinter, you're a climber, you're like an all rounder, whatever. Um, but then the fueling then plays a big role as to whether you actually achieve that potential or, or don't. Lem was talking about, I was like, oh, do you know what? Like the best thing we did, one of the best things that we did was talking about the, the carb loading. And that really made such a difference, starting with Glenn, talking about your experience with learning how to carb load and any sort of what, where you sort of started coming when we began to work together. Yeah, so the, uh, after working with you for three months, I guess there were there were five or six big lessons in there. And um, one of them was the carb load session, the carb load session of uh, just how much carbs you really need to load, how much you can take in. Um, and I was very surprised at the, at the, the amount of carbs. I, uh, I recall that you you've, uh, had a graph up on the screen and it, um, it talked about the eight to 10 grams per kilogram or it was a, it was a per kilogram of body weight up until a certain weight and after that certain weight you can't get any more carbs in because it's just going to make you sick so there was sort of like a ceiling of total carbs somebody can have in a day um, and you really as I'm a heavy rider I'm really pushing into that ceiling but um, it was also when I tried to carb load I realized just how hard it was to hit those numbers and mm. Um, I used a lot of the tricks that you you taught me in that lesson um, with the you know the rice crackers and the and the sugary drinks and uh, still it was it's 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 a lot of carbs. Yeah. However, I had a conversation with Dave shortly after, and and Dave doesn't have any problems hitting those kind of numbers with the carbs. So um, I guess it's up to the individual. Um, but I certainly hadn't in the past been having anything like that. Admittedly, uh, we discussed that, you know, it was more for a, you know, a 60 minute TT sort of minimum or an hour and a half road race kind of situation. Anything bigger than that, then you would definitely benefit from, from carb loading. And um, I've got to say, we, there's not that many races that we do that's over an hour and a half. And I certainly don't do a TT that's longer than, than one hour. Um, but I also appreciate that uh, if you have a few events back to back, you can deplete yourself on, a, on the first day mm. going into the second day. Now, now, it's not as if, I mean, I'm an amateur cyclist, so it's not as if we do any tours and stage races. Um, but I've recently started to hit the states and nationals races, and that is where we have uh, races back-to-back. -back. So we will have a crit one day, a road race another day, and then a TT another day. So when you start looking at them, individually they probably don't warrant a carb load, but when you put them back-to-back, -back, they actually do. And um, I think the studies show that, that uh, performance starts to decrease not when you're completely empty, but as you start to deplete glycogen stores. So it's, you want those glycogen stores essentially topped up at the start of the race for every single race that you do. And um, so it was those sort of state, 
state rides that um, I started to do carb loading for. And when I mentioned this kind of stuff to Dave, he, uh, he had a race coming up called the Bob and Head Classic. Is that what it's called, Dave? Yeah, ch charity ride. Um, no, not, not a race. Well, let's call it a race because there's so many like events that then like like races events that can be charity rides but often we're going in and we like, want to beat a mate or we want to beat our own time or make a pb on a particular segment like going in with like your best performance and enjoying the day as best as you can in mind yeah exactly, exactly right. yeah yes yeah, so, so uh, I, yeah. I mentioned Sorry. that to dave and 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 dave uh like he does most things, took everything on board and gave it a go. And Dave, why don't you tell tell us your experience with the carb load for that? Was it a three hour race? Yeah, so it was total time was uh, three hours twenty. So as Glenn said, we don't have races or rides for that matter that go too long. But this one I knew was going to be around the three hour mark. I think my first time doing it was four hours. 50 and so i've been bringing the time down over the years and had a, a high high goal of uh breaking three hours but i thought anything close to that would be good and so with the information that glenn had shared i thought i'd give it a go the days leading up aimed for 800 600 800 grams of carbs in the two days leading up and it is hard to do certainly hard to get that amount in but not too insurmountable yeah, definitely using uh, soft drinks and gels, which I think I resorted to on this occasion the last few hours before going to bed where I was a bit shy just to top it up. But uh, I do like eating, so it was uh, mostly fun. Uh, <laughs> but it does get difficult, I think, in the last, uh, the last, those last few hundred uh, grams of carbs can be, can be challenging, but... <laughs> Not too bad, and I guess I like eating, so it was, it was a good challenge. It was a fun challenge to find ways to, to get that in and trying to, obviously the balance between trying to just get the carbs in and just pure sugar and getting some good nutrients too. There's a balance there, but yeah, you can't, as Glenn said, you can't do it entirely through highly nutritious food, um, but still try and make that the, the core of it. So did that, and previously i have carb loaded but i tell myself i was carb loading but in reality i was just uh i just heard you, you should have more carbs like before so i would have uh an extra serve of dinner like it wasn't anything calculated it wasn't measured it wasn't anything yeah. at all scientific like it was just based 20, on 50 grams more i see yeah, I exactly. that. yeah it would be about that yeah yeah not not looking into it so I just thought oh yeah can't hurt and it didn't hurt i'm sure but didn't really help either i think uh marginally anyway so this time uh bob and head is on the 18th of september and so yeah loaded up and did that ride and i was really strongly amazed how good i felt at the end of it the legs just felt like the start of the ride like it just felt felt like my legs were just uh didn't decline throughout the ride at all i just felt they were constant uh i could keep giving efforts and surges when needed without any uh thought of uh conserving for the longevity of the of the ride so uh yeah amazed uh did it again on uh december 6th that was a that was the home to sydney to gong to home ride we did uh so that was uh 
six hours, 46, 190 Ks. So a lot longer. So definitely uh, applicable to this situation. And again, hit close to 800 grams of carbs the night before, the day before, and I think the second day before, two days before. And once again, just amazed like five hours into this ride and still felt like uh, the start of the ride. And obviously I was still eating during the ride too as normal, trying to yeah. hit uh, 80 grams uh, or more of carbs per hour. But that in the past alone has not been sufficient. To, I mean, you get through, but this time it just felt, it just feel so, for me, my experience is the legs. You just feel the legs feel, it doesn't affect your breathing and heart rate, these things, which makes sense, it wouldn't. But for the me, the legs just felt like they were fresh from start to finish with no let up at all. It was, uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. No, that's a fantastic feedback. And it's things that I hear a lot. And it's, um, this is why I love getting clients or riders. I say, like, we've never worked together. We've met on the side of the road in Penrith once um, at a bike race. But um, I love seeing that ripple effect of somebody feeling and seeing the difference like oh this works you try it you try it you try it and then actually slowly we can all change that whole culture of fueling and performance in nutrition and cycling whereas exactly like you said before the that race nutrition like that carb loading it's not everyday nutrition and trying to do it in a healthy way it's you, the volume of food you're trying to get in just becomes so limiting whereas you go and use more simple um, faster, more rapid fuels to kind of minimize that gut impact. But then you finish your race, you still feel good. And then you can go and you can kind of eat normally afterwards. Like, how did you feel um, like after, like, did you notice a difference how you felt after that sort of race compared to previous races where you didn't carb load? Good question. That thought didn't come to mind. I'm not sure there was a difference. There's more the performance. I don't think there was a difference after Nothing springs to mind. Like I'm lucky in terms of eating that. I think I've done well. I usually do well with nutrition. Uh, I haven't got a good aerobic system, but longer events I can do well because I do say discipline with the eating. But in terms of after, um, no, no. I mean, I said I'm lucky that I can eat as much as well. I can eat pretty much anything throughout the ride and have no, I don't, I think I ever had gut distress during a ride. So people say they get sick of gels. I've done eight-hour Ordax rides, having 28, 30 gels and get in the car and, wow. oh, there's more. Cool. <laughs> like, I, I've never had anything too sweet. So I, to me, it's just never a problem for eating it. So I've had no issue yeah. in that front, but this is, you know, this is before. So this is preparation before. So so it's, so for me, it has clearly had an effect because I can eat well during an event, yet this mm. still had a big impact. So, But after, and yeah, I have no answer for that, yeah. And it kind of links into like, I'm always trying to encourage people to fuel more in training. And one mm -hmm. of the biggest barriers that I see people are usually scared, they, try, they think, oh, I'm going to gain weight if I eat more, if I eat more, if I eat on the bike, I'm, I'm going to gain weight. Whereas I find the timing is so critical and it almost doesn't matter what you eat on those training sessions, those rides, those events, there's still a big deficit going on. And when you've carb loaded well the day before, that's helping to kind of buffer that definitely like you say you have those legs available still at the end of the end of the ride versus being just literally empty yeah yes i can tell you um for me prior to um dialing the nutrition i would i would do long rides and, and probably not eat enough and and it's taken a while for for dave to even um sort of educate me with you know 
with his findings and research and, and then listening to, to probably hundreds of podcasts now, the more I get into it, um, I've re I, I compare my appetite after a long ride, say five years ago, I was ravenous. I, I would get home so hungry that uh, I would eat anything in the cupboard. And now that I feel appropriately, I just don't get those feelings anymore. So I don't come home and raid the cupboard. And in, in fact, most time I, I would, um, I, I, not that I have to force myself to have a recovery drink, but I, it's something I have to consciously think about because I'm not, I'm not driven by hunger to, to do that. So I did 110 Ks this morning and come home and thought <laughs> I didn't feel hungry. I, I, I didn't overdo the carbs. I only did um, probably 200 grams of carbs. So I was doing around the 40 grams per hour. And um, so I didn't, I didn't certainly overdo it. And I had breakfast before I left. So um, again, just didn't feel hungry, but reminded myself of the importance of that recovery drink, the protein and the, um, and the carbs. So, so I had that, but yeah, definitely before, always ravenous after a long ride. Yeah. And, and this is why, like, they're often like really subtle little changes, but as they say, prioritizing it, remembering that actually this is going to be beneficial for me. Even if I don't feel like I need it right now, I will need it in four hours time if I don't. And, um, and yeah, that, that comment about the ravenous hunger, something I hear a lot when people get the timing, uh, the timing, right. And it's, and it's an art and we don't always get it right. Um, sometimes we mess it up and we, we have hunger flats on, on rides and that's just part of part and parcel of, of um, riding. And, um, but the main thing is that we learn from it and okay, next time I do an event like this, I need to, um, I know what to take so that I can avoid getting in that scenario again. I've got to say, when you talk about a hunger flat, uh, I laugh at that now because um the ride that we did to Wollonga, I then rode back from Wollonga with the two boys that are very strong. And uh, we had a really hard hit out session. Uh, managed to get a few comms along the way, but I hit a wall so hard, it's not funny. Because I hadn't planned 140 Ks that day, mm. I had not considered my nutrition going into the ride. I think um, we had breakfast together after a 40K ride. That was the first amount of food that I'd had for the day. Um, and I certainly didn't preload any carbs. I didn't carb load the day before. I was probably in a deficit from the day before. So <laughs> I've done everything wrong into our longer ride um, and I completely blew up. So on the way home from that ride, uh, Harvey, uh, Hugh Harvey was pushing me up the last hill. Now, <laughs> I've got to say, no one's physically. pushing me up, physically pushing me up the hill. So no one's pushed me up the hill. I've pl pushed plenty of people up the hill. I'm usually the stronger, stronger rider in a group, and he was pushing me up the hill, and <laughs> it was quite embarrassing. Welcome to my world, not being the strongest one in the group. Yeah, well, <laughs> not second. Second to Hugh Harvey wasn't isn't too bad, but um, yeah, being pushed up and. and and I knew exactly what it was. I wasn't surprised whatsoever. Um, it was my pre-ride nutrition and it was my ride nutrition that, that failed me. It wasn't, it wasn't my body. It wasn't the power. It wasn't my fitness. It was just my nutrition. 
Yeah. And and there, there are situations that happen. I mean, similar situation. I went out on that 40K ride planet. I went out with three music bars. And I think this was the second time it had happened this that week. Within, I think, two days earlier, the same thing had happened where I'd ended up on 160K ride. And that ride, another client of mine, he's like, he just kept feeding me. He just kept passing me food because I'm like, well, I can come on this ride, but I need more food. They're like, yeah, that's fine. We'll feed you. Um, and whereas this one because we did um we had we had the 40k easy ride coffee and then we're like okay well let's go and have breakfast we had breakfast and then while we were waiting I I, first I stopped I grabbed some extra bars from the shop a bottle of Gatorade I I I think I think that's what I had and so because I anticipated full gas I didn't do that see that's where you were you were thinking and I wasn't I was just in the like I knew that I could do the distance I knew that we'd be pushing some pretty serious pace um and I knew that probably trying to chew bars isn't going to happen and so yeah I had the Gatorade in the bottle and that was what I was drinking on while I was like tucked in just trying to like sit on the wheels for the whole and then then what the second we got to Wanga straight to the petrol station chocolate I think I got two chocolate milks which I smashed straight away and then a bottle of Solo and it was the Solo that got me back because I, I left earlier because I had I had um things I had to be back for in town. So um so yeah like it's it is very much this case of the more you do it the more it becomes intuitive and you play around and you know you kind of know what your limit is and I would have still been in a major deficit that day but I was just it was just enough to keep me ticking along. Yep, yeah. Well I I would have been able to make it home no problems if we uh Hugh, yeah, Andy and myself didn't do a massive massive hit hit out it was almost a chop ride like we were just hurting each other (laughs) on the way home if we didn't do that because I mean uh, once you start going over FTP you're really digging into those glycogen stores um so so I've no doubt that that's what it was for sure. I don't and think like carb loading, it's it's about like you're fueling through your training. It's all about being proactive and thinking about what have you got coming on the next day. And so Adelaide, Tour Down Under, if you're riding, chances are you're going to, I mean, I did 900 Ks when I was there. So that was the biggest week I've ever done. Like, and so, wow. but I was avoiding the hills a lot because I knew that I wasn't going to get up the hills. And I, was, I intentionally added some of those flat, easy rides in. And so different types of rides, different foods, so solid food for more the shorter less intense ones and then liquids or gels or wallies for the harder ones and so but part of that is being proactive of thinking okay what am I doing tomorrow how am I going to eat today and how's that going to support what I do tomorrow um so that yeah you've got the legs from the get-go and recover sooner absolutely absolutely Dave you were going to say something um uh we're going to go with that we we had a uh Someone uh, saw you, you, Gemma, holding a, a sign saying uh, something to the effect of uh, eating is not cheating, it is uh, fueling your workout. Yeah, fueling um, the performance. Yeah, performance. yeah I don't know. It wasn't, wasn't Glenn. Someone else uh, spotted you doing that. And that got us to a bit of a discussion. And I think I've been lucky. I've, uh, I don't think I've ever had hunger flat, any issue or any bonking like that during riding i think because my first ever rides uh major got me into it we were just going for short rides like an hour which was long for me back then but even then he was saying make sure you bring some food and so and then hearing podcasts and so on so i've just always and i've always brought with me uh extra food uh yes yeah. invariably something happens where you go longer or someone else needs food or something so 100%. take an extra hours more than you think you're gonna need yes just to- yes Exactly. Yeah, I'll have a plan. So, uh, 
so many times I'm getting dressed and I think, okay, I grab the extra food. Oh, it's extra food. It's not really necessary. Nah, I should. <laughs> I always are on the side of caution. I just take a bit extra. Like I put up, have enough food for the ride and I'll grab a few more as well, just extra. And, or that plus have an idea, okay, we're going past this other station at some point. So if you need to. So I think I've been luckily very aware of uh, mm. need. I think it's just been drummed into me through listening to different episodes on, of podcasts on the topic of nutrition and how important it is. So, uh, mm. yeah, I've been lucky that way. So I haven't had to, haven't had to experience the negative to, to learn my lesson. Um, but I just found the numbers. So for the city to home to city to Gong to home ride, the day before I actually hit 836 um, grams of carbs on that day. Uh, and the bobbin head, though, I only managed to hit 603 the day before and 455 the day before that. So not quite as much, but a shorter ride, though, I guess. So it still seemed adequate. 600 still seemed like it was uh, sufficient for that, I guess, three hours, 20 so. And that kind of links on to um, what Glenn was saying a bit earlier about um, the, so the, the the recommendations, if you look at the science, they they say yeah, eight, 10 to 12 grams of carbohydrate per kilogram. But again, it, it is very individual coming down to people's body size and physical shape and, size, and structure. And and I find that five, six hundred grams for most people is kind of a sweet spot. Um, in, in practice, I see most people eating about 200, 300 grams, maybe 400 grams in everyday life and training, but we typically need an extra two, 300 grams more to carb load really well. And I, I do find that, yeah, that 600 grams seems to be the sweet spot for most people. And once okay. going over about 700, that's when the gut issues can sometimes uh, start to come in place where people find it just more challenging because um, you yeah to eat that much carbohydrate you do have to be intentional you do have to be um, reducing your fiber reducing your protein reducing your fat women um, we for women as female cyclists to carb load efficiently we need to increase our overall energy needs about 30 percent more than every day in order to achieve a minimum amount as, as a minimum you need at least six grams per kilogram but um, they're just some interesting um, facts that uh, useful to sort of be aware of um, and testing it out and recording it so you obviously recorded it which is fantastic because that's something I'll tell people to do like make a note of it and record what you do because then you can reflect on it and be like did that work what am I going to do next time and how can I improve this to make it easier or less of a challenge next time yeah yes uh tangential note uh my fitness power for some reason on the webinar face doesn't have the totals it has each has each like each um, bit of food it's amount and you can see that the 100 150 200 is the total 30. <laughs> doesn't the app's got it though so i had to dig it through there uh you're saying uh so six so over 600 then uh like even for larger people like myself and glenn who are like i'm, I'm 88 kilos right now so so 10 is you know 880 uh that's maybe not necessary you're thinking 600 could be all you need is what you're saying yeah and the evidence to show that 600 you you still improve your like you know you felt a noticeable difference so because it's a combination of things because there's the the noticeable difference that you feel is visual and then the performance difference that you can see comparing power and numbers and stuff so it might be that you somewhere between 600 and 800 for you is is optimal um and there's no real right or wrong um and the fact that you'd had two days, um, like the the, mm. the four hundred the day before, that like two days collectively would have helped with that too. Right. So, thing there's no, I think nutrition is frustrating because there's Everyone's the science, different. put it in the practice. There's an art, and just what works, what was amazing for Glenn might be not great for you, and vice versa. 
we're all so unique aren't we yeah we're all so unique so yeah i've noticed that with nutrition there is no one answer for anything we're all so different yeah, and that's why I always encourage people to like test it in practice. And that's what training, if you're if you're if you're racing or doing events, training is practice for that. And so practicing your nutrition and becoming it becoming more so it's fantastic that you was introduced straight away into like, yep, fueling for your rides and our environment plays a big impact. Like I've met many people who no one around them eats or drinks ever. And so that's normal, normalized. And then you hit the cafe and then you just go to town and eat all the food in the cafe. And then you go home and you cactus on the couch for the rest of the day because, and that's just normalized where actually it doesn't have to be normal. Mm. I'm going to say, yeah. I, I think that's more, more of the normal mentality because um, Dave, I think you're a little bit more unique because you started to tackle those Audax rides quite early in your cycling True. journey. And you did a lot of research into how to actually do a 200 kilometer ride. And so I think you self-taught uh, a mm. lot of that um, eating and making sure you're fueling your body for a 200 kilometer ride. Whereas I know that I've, I've ridden with many club members um, locally and I, so many times I've heard um, Craig say even eating is cheating. He'll do a, he'll do a 140 kilometer ride with a bottle of water and a gel. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we, we had a ride and another club member really struggled on uh, one of our rides just last week. It was a 140-kilometre ride. So he'd, he'd ridden the day before in the middle of the day, and it was a 35-degree day. So he'd done 55 kilometres in the middle of the day. So he was probably a little bit heat stroke. Um, mm. And he then didn't quite eat properly that day at all. So he, he mentioned to me that he'd only had two meals that day. So that would have been maybe breakfast and, and dinner. And so he's come into a 140 kilometer ride underfueled, probably glycogen depleted, probably with a little heat stroke. Yeah. And the um, description of the day's ride was a 30 to 35 kilometer average, 130 kilometer loop with a climb in the middle. And so, <laughs> You know, he's he's already coming into that so depleted. One of the days that you, you, you struggled from the get-go. He struggled from the get-go. And then and then in the middle of the ride, um, it's at about the 70 kilometer mark that there's a there's a a four kilometer six percent climb. And it's it's probably only 250 vertical meters, but it's a it's a solid 10-minute effort. And, and we all went out at our own pace, but uh, we went out very, very hard, and he absolutely, absolutely capitulated mid um, climb to the point where he had to get off the bike because he was he thought he was going to pass out. So we nursed him back, and and I identified quite early that it was you know fueling. Um, we got him some gels, and then we we got to the top of the climb. We got him some. Um, Got him a V drink actually. I don't know if that would have helped with the caffeine and the guarana, but uh, mainly to get the sugars in him. And we got him home, um, but he felt terrible. He'd actually, you know, hit the wall uh, mid 130 kilometer ride and had to try and crawl home. And, and I know, I've been there, there is no coming back once you've hit the wall. Once you've bonked, you've bonked, and you can't eat yourself out of a bonk. Um, you just feel shit for the whole ride. It's like it's like a car with a fuel tank, but the fuel tank is on bone dry, and it, you kind of it's like basically you're trying to 
push the car because it's you can't there's nothing no fuel in the car to drive it itself yeah, so you've, uh, fuel. that's right so, so, you have to stop the car to refill it up and then it can go again a funny analogy because uh tony who got me into cycling uh, 10 years ago he said uh he had a um hunger flat and the guy he was with said uh said to him you put fuel on the car to drive it right <laughs> so your body's the same and uh, it was like yeah same analogy you're using there just so true yeah, well, um, said, he said, uh, do you put fuel in the car before you drive it or after you drive it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah. it. And and this is the thing, like, I think so many people demonize, like, it's it's all going to be high fat, it's all going to be low fat. Like, they they both had the place. And in, for endurance, like the Audax, these long distance ride, yes, you want to be efficient at using fat as fuel, but that's it that comes at the cost of performance and speed. Mm -hmm. So we use the carbohydrates from the glycogen or the carbs that we're consuming for the speed and that like ongoing performance. But um, yeah, we can create that energy from the fat, but it might be a massive percent, 20% or even less of the speed or the power capacity that we could do if we're using carbohydrate and our glycogen stores efficiently. And, and yeah, even I've got, I've gotten it wrong before. And it's usually a case of you're running around, you haven't planned anything and you've forgotten to eat and you're busy. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I haven't eaten anything. And I've got this like 160 K ride tomorrow. And it's like 4,000 meters of climbing. And then you start, you get on the start line and you're like, I'm like 5k, like kilometers per hour slower my watts are down like by 50 watts or something stupid and you're like just feel like death warmed up you just don't you, you don't feel you don't feel fit even though you might physically know that you're strong and you're fit but you just don't feel it because there's no fuel there 100 percent. i've heard that uh yeah uh, if you become more fat adapted you can use more fuel for energy but the science i've read is that your performance actually isn't any better and in fact, it may even be, it is a bit worse in terms of short efforts. I mean, long distance sustained effort, it's its not any worse, but you're not much, you're not actually any better. So you're yeah. not gaining anything. It sounds cool, fat adapted. And uh, maybe there's some, I've heard some, I haven't read much at all about this is way out of my um, understanding, but type three diabetes, having you know, too much carbs consistently. So maybe there's something there about being fat adapted could help you, but purely performance wise, it definitely isn't helping you at all. And um, I mean, I've heard that also if you're, you're doing a fasted ride at around versus um, doing a fueled ride uh, around the two hour mark in terms of fat usage is about the same between the, someone who's um, fasted and someone who's actually fueling the ride at two hours, you know, different in terms of the utilization of your fats and so on. So there's not much. There exactly. And that's why like different training sessions, you fuel in different ways, sometimes with solid foods that also have fats and protein and that helps with that efficiency as well. And so it's not all about the gels and the drinks and all about the solid, you use a mix depending on what you're trying to get out of it, who you're riding with. Um, I know plenty of guys that their bunch rides are just complete carnage. And so then even though they'd be like, Oh, this is in theory, I should be able to eat a music bar or a, a, an energy bar or something here. They just can't because they're just mm -hmm. fast, like with, um, chasing Hugh down the other day um and so you just you need the, the liquid carbs and the gels and the quick fuels uh the only thing you're physically going to get down in that moment to keep you from running out of energy sooner than later yeah yeah definitely yeah that longer rise yeah I've heard that you need to um add in some add in a bit of fats to help uh promote the body to release fats that it has got already um yeah things I've heard awesome do you guys have any final words of wisdom before we wrap up no, I don't. 
Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma, for right. passing on the information about carb loading to Glenn. And then thank you, Glenn, for passing on to me, just so I can do it right. Yeah. Because uh, clearly I was doing it wrong b before. I thought I was, but uh, nowhere near, not even close. So, yeah. yeah and so well. now I, before big rides, I get to eat more food, which is great too. So win-win. <laughs> That's it. Like I'm encouraging people to eat more. Like eat more. Eat more. People assume well, that a dietitian is going to tell you that you need to stop eating and eat it, stop eating all the time. It's like, no, actually, we're trying to get people to eat more, but it's it's all about the timing. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to apologise to you too, Gemma, because I feel feel like I've um, I've uh, robbed you of uh, clients or possible clients because uh, everything you've taught me, everything that I've learned, uh, I just continually repeat uh, to to those who who listen. Anybody who wants to uh, do better on the bike. Anybody who wants to perform better, um, I am I am spruiking your wisdom um, in spades. So I'm sure they thank you as well as much as I thank you for um, you know helping I, me. Uh, yeah, on that topic too, I have uh, I do feel like I owe you a consult, Gemma, just to <laughs> <pay something. laughs> for what I've heard through Glenn, uh, heard, heard through Glenn. So um, yeah, I, I had did have your page open um a little while ago i was going to pull the trigger on that but then i got way late but i must say uh, thanks for the reminder i must do that yeah you're welcome no i'm good i say like for me it's about making a big impact and so the, it's the ripple effect that the mm. more the more people we impact and the more people that we can teach about feeling better then the wider it spreads and the more people enjoy cycling and get the best performance out of it so no good to hear and, and i am absolutely educating those around me to anybody who will listen uh, Dave set up a, uh, a, a cycling chat group on WhatsApp for for uh, our our little cycling community, and it's called All About Training. And we are forever on there just discussing um, optimizing your training. And, and uh, nutrition has been a big topic. And um, so everything I've learned, I'm sorry, but I have passed on. And, it's only a small uh, group. Maybe six of us, I think. Six in there. Just just the people that are keen to learn more. Yeah, and, nice. but. Um, Absolutely, uh, it's definitely helped, and um, yeah, I've um, for if you do use this for the podcast, I mean, I've, a little bit of background for me is is that you helped me lose eight kilograms um, before nationals, and and um, I went to nationals and we got three three silver medals, and I performed really well. Um, so I thank you for that. Yeah, no, that was that was great feedback to hear it. Um, Awesome. Under as well when you said like i've got silver in all the events i went into that was good yeah and and you know i'm performing the best i have ever have on the bike so um i'm not quite hitting the the biggest power numbers i ever have having said that though i am having problems with my power meter so i'm just not sure what it is um but let's blame the power meter i'm feeling good and i'm, and I'm riding fast which, which yeah, is that's what matters. They're riding fast and getting medals. Yes. But Gemma, I think um, our session is just about it. So thank you so yeah. much for the invite. Really and, no, it was good um, chatting. So I had fun. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Siri, Siri said welcome too. Thanks for listening in. I'm Dr. Gemma Sampson. Like, subscribe, fuel your ride, and I'll see you next time.